0: The best way to predict the future is to invent it. Stephen Ambrose brings you up to speed on what the future holds as he explores the latest technology as it impacts our lives. Well, good morning and welcome to Tech Talk, right here on High FM, where we always uncover all the crazy, mad and exciting news around technology. And there always is something exciting and new, and we're going to be talking about AI again during a Tech Talk Cafe, but this time another big leap happened this week, and ChatGPT can now speak to you. It could in some ways, but now it's going mainstream. It can draw pictures, it can recognize pictures, a lot happening in AI, which we'll talk about a little later, but right now, unfortunately, the RAND has caught up with a lot of people, and Spotify, Google. A lot of services, even even Netflix, are talking. Nothing definite yet, but their rumbles. The prices, unfortunately, are going up. And um, the first one out of the gate was Spotify, and they they haven't really put up their prices since 2019. So, you know, in fact, Spotify is is longer. It's since uh, 20 ooh, I think 2012 or 2013, somewhere around there. I can't remember exactly how. Ah, they launched in 2018. Apologies, I'm I'm thinking that they've been around for a lot longer than they have. But the fact is, the rand has weakened over 63% since they launched in 2018, which is completely nuts. I mean, they quote a the figure of the rand was 11.85 to the dollar in March 2018, and it's now over 19, varying between 19 and 20 as of today. So. Really, a huge difference, and their pricing hasn't changed since then and interestingly enough, their pricing has been pretty good globally. I mean you're paying in the region of five to seven dollars to eight dollars for Spotify in America and euros, same amount, which is a lot more money than fifty nine ninety nine which was the rand value for an individual package, but that one is going up to sixty four ninety nine. I love the ninety nine pricing. Call it sixty five bucks, which is only an eight percent increase considering how crazy the land has dropped. And I still think that's excellent value. And the family pack, which for me is just great value. I've got the whole the whole punch on the family pack at ninety-nine ninety nine, which uh, hasn't changed, which is very interesting. So the best value at the moment is the family pack. You can get up to five people, all using their own login and all using sharing your family pack. The student discount has been discontinued. It was a $29.95, and that they brought out a new mobile-only plan for $11.99 a week. And I think that's smart. In South Africa, there are so many people who use their mobiles as their primary computing device. They don't have laptops. They don't have desktops. If anyone has desktops anymore so 11.99 per week that's the catch it's not 11.99 per month the other pricing is all per month um, with no discounts for annual but it's still i think pretty good value but definitely the prices have gone up and google as well have announced some new price hikes and again also since 2019 when they introduced google one and all the extra cloud storage stuff the prices haven't gone up but now some of them are going up pretty pretty significantly. So, for example, the 100 gig package was 29 rand a month. It's now going up to 35, 34.99, let's be precise. And the 200 gig is going up to 39 rand, from 39 rand where it was, up to 52 rand, 99, call it 53 rand a month, which is huge hike, like 35%. Their 2 terabyte is still, compared to Apple's 2 terabyte, is still super cheap. It was one fifty nine It's now gone up to one eighty four ninety nine call it one eighty five Let's just stick with that sixteen percent increase, which is not terrible, and the annual plans are actually still the best rate. You definitely get the best value for it with slightly lower discounts, but that two hundred gig one, which is whether it's annual or or monthly, still is stupidly expensive a thirty five percent increase i'm not sure how they figured that one out. But this is for all the additional storage and everything involved. Apple prices went up a little while ago. And as I said, Netflix are talking about their base rate going up. And Disney Plus also increased their prices. So unfortunately, the rand is kicking in. And just when you thought you could Netflix and chill, you're going to have to Netflix and chill and not drink that extra beer because that's pretty much what it's going to cost you extra every month. To watch or stream or listen to all these services. Another service that has been exceptionally good value, no word on increases, but they may come is Tidal, which is the high quality, um, high, you know, high bitrate, high fidelity streaming platform is 119 Rand in South Africa and 280 in Europe Rand or America. So it's close to $20, 20 euros anywhere else. And in South Africa, it's less than uh, less than ten euros. So, tidal definitely in the streaming sort of value for money stakes, but it's still double the price of Spotify, who don't have a high end sort of high fidelity streaming service yet. They've been talking about it forever. Still hasn't arrived, but it's coming someday soon. And in other sort of end of era news, who remembers the good old DVD? And there were all those DVD places where you could go, started with videos, you could go and hire DVD for the evening, for the weekend. And in fact, Netflix, our sort of common streaming service that pretty much everyone understands, and if you're a little younger than I, you may not even remember that Netflix got their start by shipping DVDs to people. So you could order DVDs online, they would would mail them to you, And you would get a refund when you mailed them back and got other DVDs. So it was a DVD mailing service. So they streamed movies via the post office, which is quite an interesting thing. But what a lot of people don't know is that they've been doing so in America until the 29th of September, 2023. So after 25 years, which is crazy when I think about it, 25 years. Netflix has shipped its last DVD on Friday, the 29th of September, 2023. And they used to come in these bright red envelopes with Netflix all over them. And they used to ship them out to people to watch. And they have shipped over 5 billion DVDs since launching in 1998. But um, a really cool way of ending it. To mark the end of its DVD rentals, Netflix posted a YouTube video titled "Long Live the Red Envelope." So you want to have a look at that, just for a little flash of nostalgia. Just Google or go to YouTube and look for "Long Live the Red Envelope," and um, have a look about. And you know, it'll tell the story of DVDs, how they did it, and how they um, act them. It was just a very, very, very cool thing. So. Monthly subscriptions for DVDs was the way that we used to stream our videos. And today you just switch on pretty much any more modern TV and you know, plug in your Apple TV or your, your streaming device, whatever type it is. And you just download or just watch. You don't download. That's the other thing. Streaming is not downloading. And watch tons and tons of videos and movies and whatnot at ridiculously low prices. Unfortunately, they're going up, considering. And um, there you go. So the DVD finally dies, uh, if you can even find them anymore. I'm sure you've got a box full of them somewhere, you know, sitting in the house. I know I have, and I know I'm trying to get rid of them, but no one wants them. So that's the story of DVDs, Netflix, and literally the end of an era. And talking streaming services, the last little bit of news before we take our break is that Disney Plus is starting password-sharing restrictions. It hasn't really hit hard in South Africa. I know a lot of people, they tell me they don't, and their kids are just using their their password. But watch out, it's coming. And what they're actually doing is charging extra if you wish to share your your subscription with a couple of people. But password-sharing is a bit of a a no-no in the streaming space. I think people have realized that (laughs) a few subscribers means too many streams. So watch this space, more to come. You're going to see some password sharing crackdowns happening across all the streaming services, and the latest being Disney+. And on that note, we're going to have a quick break for our sponsors, and I'll be back straight after this. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Anyway, moving on to Tech Talk Cafe, and the big news that hit this week we've spoken a lot about ai we've spoken a lot about chat gpt we've spoken a lot about so many different um, sort of chat and llms as they call large language model platforms that have hit the market of recent, of, of late openai with chat gpt was the first and it's not even a year old it's approaching but it's not even a year old and then bard and so many others from so many other people have come out but one of the the sort of restrictions in the interface was that you had to type into a web browser. They brought it to the mobile phone. You could type into your your phone and you could get incredible amounts of human-like responses from a machine. And some of the responses, many of them were totally bizarre. There's a lot of sort of dreaming going on and, and making up of facts. But the simple truth is that in many ways, open AI... Changed the way that we interact with technology. It's changing the way we interact with everything. Microsoft have announced and are slowly rolling out their co-pilot, which is AI, for everything to do with Windows. So every part of your Windows uh, program or if you use Word, Excel, whatever it is, will have an AI assistant built in. Right now I'm talking to you on Skype and guess what's built in to Skype and AI assistant, so it's becoming pretty pervasive and it's coming everywhere. But as I said, up to now that whole interface has been typing. You 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 used gave it a prompt and prompt engineering became the new hot topic. Lots of people online trying to offer you how to teach you how to ask the right thing from from the AI platforms. But writing and typing became the new way to interact. Well. As of this week, you're now getting voice and image support from ChatGPT. Before we go all the way um, to the point where it's totally available, it is currently only available in ChatGPT 4 for in in a somewhat limited way, but they have announced that for their paid services, now ChatGPT 4 generally is a paid service. There are ways to get it without paying, but... They're a little messy and a little difficult. But as a standard service, if you pay a little bit every month, you get access to the latest GPT-4 LLM and or AI. I prefer LLM. It's not really artificial intelligence, but we're getting there. But now with their new image generation AI, which they call Dell E3, Dell E3, strange, strange name, but anyway, um, you can now ask it. To look at a video or an image, not a video, an image, you can circle, uh, what you wanted to know and it'll tell you all about it. So it's quite interesting. And then they've got an automatic speech recognition module called whisper and that can handle voice input. I've been using it for the last few days and it is very good, except it's not, there's still too much delay. So unlike a natural human speech, where people can sort of anticipate when you're finished, or they even start speaking before you finished, and you have the sort of natural ebb and flow, that doesn't happen as yet. And a lot of these open AI or chat type, where you speak to them, platforms, tend to not handle human speech that well. But the information, or the way that you work with it, is pretty good. So, the image one is brilliant. The speech one is really very, very, very interesting. And there are so many multimodal type features that are coming out of this, this, this upgrade. And interestingly, it's not open AI only. Apple, Android, everybody is, uh, or, or Google, I should say, are, are offering the same thing across everything. But for example, what you can do is once you've, if you've signed into ChatGPT4 and you can simply Upload a picture of anything and say, so for example, you take a wire and you don't know what it is, and you just take a picture of the end of the wire, circle the little connector thing and say, what is this? What type of connector is this? And Chat GPT will then immediately tell you what it is. There are a couple of restrictions. First and foremost, it's not going to work very well with people. So you can't use it to identify people. Think of the privacy issues around identifying people from an image or Simply taking a picture of someone and finding their social media information could be seriously, seriously creepy. But for example, any physical image that you want, and I've tried some random weird stuff from little computer pieces to pens to SIM cards, you name it, I've tried it all. But this type of computer vision, it's not the first time it's been made available. You could always do, always upload. (coughs) pictures to google and do a google search but this is taking it literally to the next level where you can ask it i've tried two pills some panados i put two on my hand took a picture and said what are these and it said oh based on the number written on the pill these are potentially paracetamol 500 milligrams and it tells you what they're used for They tell you that before you take them, please have some medical advice. So there are limits. Excuse me, a little bit of the spring hay fever coming in there. But it is not perfect. So, for example, random photos of a mural, you couldn't find them. When you try to identify locations, it can't figure it out entirely. But one of the major guardrails, really, as I've mentioned, is to identify humans. Pretty much they've completely restricted it. I get a message to say I'm programmed to prioritize user privacy and safety. I'll identifying real people based on images, even if they are famous, is restricted in order to maintain these priorities. That sounds very much like the five laws of robotics. But very clearly when I tried to use anything to do with pictures, it got pretty shirty with me and wouldn't do it. But right now it is the most remarkable thing. You want any picture... I was looking at some jeans, and I didn't know where they came from. I put them on, it found them, told me where I could buy them. It just did the most remarkable amount of stuff. And taking it to the next level, for in, in many, many ways, um, you can now even create images and do all sorts of different types of image creation. So I asked it, for example, to simply create a story for me. Uh, and then I said, Create pictures around the story. For a little kid, I wanted to make a little story about a hedgehog. So I told them I wanted a sunflower hedgehog and it came out with pictures and a story, a sunflower hedgehog. And that was based on voice, not on only pictures. So you could create the most ridiculous pictures using OpenAI and the image feature, which um, they call, so it's not only recognizing existing pictures, but it's also making up a whole new um, generation of pictures and images. And I mean, you can do things. So one of the things i tried, for example, is say, create some pictures. Then once it created a picture of a hedgehog with sunflowers, for example, I then said, make up a few happy hedgehog pictures with sunflowers. And off it went and did it. I said, do me a favor, make up a story. And all of this was happening through voice and image. And it was actually a little surreal, just instructing the computer to create a whole child story out of nothing and it was very high quality. You could download the pictures, you could print them, asked to make stickers, it did that for me as well. You can you can print those. So the power of AI in human interaction has grown exponentially as of this week. We expect to see this start rolling out in general use, so you'll see it within your browser. You'll see it within your, your mobile phone within the next, I would say, three to six weeks. So by November, December, you'll be able to inst- simply talk directly to, um, to your AI and it'll be able to tell you all manner of interesting stuff and tell you what's going on. So the Dell E3 program is absolutely remarkable the amount of images, videos, and everything. So if you do a quick Google search on DALL, D-A-L-L, dot E3, just DALL E3, leave a few spaces there, you should be able to see uses. There are absolutely insane, the amount of uses you can do. And the gap between generative pictures and real pictures and real art is getting smaller and smaller. Hence that huge um, artistic boycott that happened in the US where they were saying that because of the power of AI and the line between generated video which with real people and non-generated video from you know when people do other things and create their own product is very very blurred so for example they can take a few pictures of an actor they can then instruct the AI to create a whole scene using that person Whether that person actually acted that scene or not is very hard to see, especially on smaller screens and especially with the sheer quality of how AI can do the rendering of people in live action shots. So there is a huge ethical dilemma around this. Is AI going to replace human beings? I don't believe it will. There's a lot of talk about the safeguards that have been put in place to stop it from imitating people, because what you can do, there are a couple of apps out there that I've tried that are literally freaky. What you can do is you can take a picture of yourself and record your voice, train the AI on you, your image and your voice, and then ask it to speak with your voice and to talk about a topic which you know nothing about, and it'll do that with authority using your intonation, your voice, your visual face, and all of it will link perfectly together because one of the differences between real sort of human interaction and something that's generated by computers, you often find there's these micro expressions that you don't see. Things look a little automated, and the voices tend to be a little robotic. Well, unfortunately, those days are completely gone. And in fact, I'll talk about it a little later, one of the features of iOS 17 is that it can record your voice and speak in your voice should you require it or ask it to do so. And one of the uses that is mooted for that is people who may, for whatever reason, lose use of their voice, people who have Lou Gehrig's disease, things like that, who lose the ability to speak, can now record for posterity their voice. And should they be unable to speak, they can simply type or text something to the the AI and it will speak whatever they want in their own voice, which is... Pretty, 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 pretty scary. But Dell E2 now is free. Uh, you, it's not nearly as good. You have to use typing and words. But Dell E3 will be available, or is available now with Chat GPT Plus, which is their twenty dollar a month subscription service. But it's purported to get a lot freer over the next little while, and in with and the combination of voice. Is going to make the use of, of AI even better and even faster. And just before we end this segment, I just want to have a, you know, just give a little bit of context to the whole AI is coming to take your job, destroy your life and change the world. This conversation was had by many people when PCs came out. So computers were going to change the world, take away your jobs. And they did. They absolutely did. Computers changed the world in ways that we can no longer even begin begin to imagine. Job, every form of job changed. You needed different skills. You needed different abilities. The way that you operated in your business changed fundamentally. And that was due to computerization or digitization. And AI, in many ways, is not as big a revolution, and yet in some ways is bigger. Because what it'll do, it'll stop, or it'll enhance the ability to people for people to do repetitive or perhaps very time-consuming tasks like creating massive spreadsheets from lots of data, from writing code from basic to really fast code to creating images that would have taken hours and hours using traditional tools to into minutes and you can manipulate them. So the creativity of what is being done doesn't change. But the methodology, the tools you use to create or to to achieve or to work with have changed completely. So two consequences. One, you'll be able to do more in less time. Or you'll be able to do a better job with what you have than you did in the past simply because you didn't have the tools or the skills to do certain things. And except one thing, jobs will change. People will become needed in other places. Today, everyone you talk to is involved in some form of online digital work. No question about it. The latest programming, be it low-code, high-code, has now mostly moved to a form of platform low-code use. You can create apps without being a programmer. You could create programs without being a programmer. You can do so many things. You can create movies without being a movie maker. So the technology and the AI ability to To achieve these type of goals will change everything in many ways. But what it won't change is the creativity and the imagination that humans bring to this whole operation. So I don't believe that there's a danger of a million people being out of the work. I don't believe that AI will take over because currently AI is not that smart. But I do believe that AI as a technology is going to add a new dimension to absolutely everything that you do. And when the, the latest version of Office three six five rolls out, which it's busy in the process of doing with Copilot built in, and it starts making suggestions for better ways to do a spreadsheet, or better ways to write a letter, or auto respond to formula emails, which takes a ton of time off your hands, or does so many things that will increase your efficiency stop you from doing mundane or repetitive tasks or remind you and to manage that sort of stuff on your behalf in an organized fashion. Summarize an hour-long meeting in a clean, simple manner with a whole list of to-dos rather than you having to worry about doing that after your meeting and you do that in teams. That type of interaction with smart AI-based platforms is going to be just part of the way that you work. It's not going to be something special. It's not something you'll think about. You'll finish your um, your team's conversation with someone, and you'll automatically get a little to-do list, a little summary of what happened. And um, if you want proper minutes, all created in the right format and mailed to all parties so that there's no doubt and no question and no delay in having to do certain things and nothing's forgotten, which for me... Is an absolute win in a, in a, in any business because you often, you talk a lot, you do a lot of things and something slips through the cracks and doesn't get dealt with. And that could be pretty fundamental to your business. So the inclusion of AI with voice, the inclusion of AI to recognize photos, the, the ability for it to interact with everyday functionality that you have through office, through your computer, through your mobile phone, is going to exponentially increase and the interface of it will become much more natural. Being able to speak to an AI, get responses in voice is probably a lot more useful than having to type everything out and then keep refining with typing. It's just quicker, easier, simpler. Being able to generate images, recognize images, manipulate those images in a, in effective way will again change the way that we interface with technology. It'll change the way that we create and and manage the information that we have at our disposal. And for example, one of the best uses I've ever had is when you have a course and you just want a clean, long transcription of what you've done. It does it for you, tabulates it, organizes it immediately and just from text or voice. So there's just so many ways that AI is going to make my life and I believe your life so much better. But on that note, we're going to have to take a quick break for our sponsors. And then I'm back with, obviously, our Gadget of the Week. This week, it's the iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max. They are hot off the machine and newly in my hand, but lots to talk about straight after this. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Well, welcome back. And after all that heavy AI stuff and are we going to lose our jobs and is, are the computers taking over? Again, I don't believe that. I believe there's a whole new level of functionality, ease, use and accuracy coming with the appropriate use of all these LLMs or AI models and speech was inevitable. Video and in picture is inevitable. All of this will be available as a matter of course in the next short while. And I will do a full review on on Copilot as soon as it rolls out into Office 365 because I think that's a fundamental shift and a major, major improvement. We all use Word at some point. Everybody, I mean, it's pretty ubiquitous throughout business using any form of Microsoft Office. And it's coming to Google Docs as well. So it's not just Microsoft Office. It's a, a huge shift in productivity software and using smart um, LLM. LLMs, large language models or AI to assist and to, and to create and to make life a lot better. The only thing is watch out. I get a lot of information from people which purport to be clearly written and you can see straight away it was done in open AI because it always says, I trust you're in good health. Very awkward wording and just it's strange that so many messages come with that. So people are using it and Instead of thinking, just, you know, using an LLM to write out, uh, using OpenAI or BARD to write out a message. And they're also formulated. So I think that will get better with time. But in the meanwhile, it's pretty easy to pick up without even thinking about it. So watch those type of messages. And uh, obviously, you know, you can point out to them. Happy to talk to you, but let's keep it real and human. Moving on to the gadget of the week. Launched globally two weeks ago now, Nelly. In South Africa, just over a week ago, the new iPhone 15s, as I said in my original sort of pre-release review, have hit the hit the streets and they're out there. As usual, any major new release has lots of controversy. There's a big controversy around um, heating, overheating of the iPhones. And uh, according to Apple, they've now isolated that. It's definitely come from um, the basically, there were two reasons for overheating. All phones, when you first get them going, switch them on, tend to spend a lot of time indexing, especially if you're copying a large backup from one, your old phone, to the new phone. All the indexing, all the sort of setting down and getting organized within the operating system in the first few days eats a lot of power, tends to warm things up a lot, and you have a lot of problems. The other challenge was that there were a couple of bugs in the system, which is very, very common, especially with the launch of the iPhone 15. and iOS 17, which is something I'll talk about in a few minutes. But iOS 17 had a few bugs, and certain programs landed up in causing the, the brand new processor, the new uh, A17 Pro chip that's in the, the iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max to overheat and to run flat out. And to get the back of the, and the way that the phone is constructed to become super hot. And it has caused a little bit of problems, but I've, I've already downloaded the fix. I'm using the 17.1 version. There's, I've had zero heating problems in over a week of usage of this phone, of both phones, either the Pro or the Pro Max. And um, that doesn't seem to be a big deal, but On the surface, this is not the most overwhelming upgrade. If you have an iPhone 14 Pro or a 14 Pro Max, unless you're dead keen on a couple of key features, one, it's lighter and smaller, slightly, both of them. Um, The battery life is definitely better, which is useful. The cameras are significantly more advanced, not in a way that you've got to have compared to an iPhone 14. iPhone 14 is great, but on the Pro Max, the new five-time zoom, with its macro facility is definitely superior and works extremely well. But a 14 to 15 upgrade is only for lunatics like me, people who have to have the latest and the best. But I do it so I can talk about it on radio for you. But it's not a must-have. If you have a 12, 13, up to the 15 is a huge upgrade. The first thing is the Dynamic Island. They've refined it. It's super useful. It's just some. It's a feature that you didn't know you would enjoy until you have it. So much information is there. Your alarm information, background running programs with music running there, maps running there. It's just an incredibly useful and elegant way to bring notifications without blocking your whole screen and doing all sorts of things. So in a nutshell, the new iPhone 15 Pros, we'll talk about the iPhone 15 in a you know, in another episode, but they're stronger and lighter. They have titanium build quality with aluminium in a a core, which makes them not on paper significantly lighter, but when you hold them and feel them and the slightly more rounded edges of the two devices make it much more handy. Also, with the reduction of the bezel, in other words, the screen the screen to body ratio has improved. All of that might feel subtle, might not be big, they definitely feel much better in your hand, much easier to carry, much lighter than the stainless steel. The downside is, and a lot of people have commented on this, because of the construction change, the backs could be somewhat more fragile. But again, that was another rumor that's been running around. A lot of people have done tests and said it's not more fragile. And titanium, all forms of titanium, are more of a fingerprint magnet. Chrome, you can hardly see it when you have a a sticky finger or something. The titanium discolors, which is weird, then you wipe it off and it's fine. So, obviously a cover is very important. The new covers from Apple have had very mixed reviews. i tried their new replacement for the leather. I'm not impressed. It feels weird and it marks crazily. But there are a ton of third-party covers that are really good quality and much cheaper, so I would suggest you go there. But any phone of this quality, I would say put into a, a cover, you may lose the sleek beauty of titanium, but it certainly does work. And titanium is incredibly hard, so it doesn't scratch quite as well as much and it should not mark as badly as, as aluminium, for example. But the benefit of the titanium design is simply the lightness and the the ability to, you know, make things a little bit smaller and more compact. That is great. The, on the Pro Max, the five times zoom is incredible. The more I use the camera, the more impressed I am. On the Pro with the three times camera, it's still great, and, and the enhancements within the, the A17 Pro chip for for you know, processing and handling uh, is pretty exceptional. Again, you don't realize how much faster this phone is until you've used it for a while and you go back to the 14. It is incredibly fluid, incredibly fast. And one of the better things is that the battery life has improved pretty pretty significantly. I used to around about eight in the evening have to either top up or realise that by ten I'd be dead. Um, the new phone goes easily. Go to bed at night, I've got thirty, forty percent battery still. It's and my battery life on the fourteen was still sitting at a hundred percent. So there was no degradation in a year of using a battery of the phone. But still, the new ones, are they've got slightly bigger batteries, but I think the A17 Pro chip is better at managing battery life. It is more efficient and higher performance, which is the way these things go. But this, the battery life on both versions is much higher. Some of the cons are the entry-level price. Although the prices in US dollars are the same as they were last year, with the rand, the prices have hit the 30 34,000 rand range. It's... Pretty ridiculous for a smartphone. I won't even get into that. But even the iPhone 15s, which is not the pros, start at close to 20,000 rand. So we, we are definitely in the super phone price. Charging is not as fast as some of the Chinese rivals. And the new action button on the side, while cool without having a physical button, can only be programmed to do one thing at a time. Best part is it can be programmed to do other things rather than having just a switch. Which you could simply do only one thing. So depending on what you're needing, you can use it to open the camera, you can use it to open a timer, there's all sorts of things you can do. But simply put, nice, but I think there's more work to be done in that space. But overall, the iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max are a significant upgrade on the 14 in tiny little ways. Faster, better camera, better battery life, better screen, much brighter, uh, lighter, easier to carry, it's just a, a great upgrade. Is it a must from a 14? Probably not. And we'll be back to wrap this up and just talk about iOS 17 straight after this. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Well, welcome back. And just to wrap up the iPhone um, 15 Pro, or the range, the iPhone 15 uses one step, lower processor from the pro, Ray, pro version um, still all have the same quality screens aluminium versus titanium and a less sophisticated camera setup but still a big jump from the 14 camera so overall the, the the iPhone 15 range from from standard all the way through to pro is a logical and very significant upgrade on the 14 however I would say that if you have a 14. Perhaps this is one upgrade to skip, wait for the 16, again, promising most remarkable stuff. But who knows? We've got a year to worry about that. But if you've got a 12, 13, 11, or any older iPhone and you're looking for a serious upgrade, this is without question a brilliant, brilliant phone. Camera quality is superb. The battery life is improved the functional quality is improved. And in combination with some of the iOS 17 upgrades, it is smoother, slicker. It is definitely will make Apple fan, Apple aficionados and fans super happy. It has everything that you need. And it, it really is at the cutting edge of mobile technology. The processor is just significantly amazing. If you play games, it is unbelievable. You can play desktop games and I've tried on the phone. With absolutely no problem. Great action, smooth, fast, racing, single, single shooter games are amazing. So really a big improvement. The technology continues to roll forward. But one of the key features which you cannot ignore is iOS 17. There's been released, recently released. There's already been a quick patch to fix the, the overheating problems and some security patches. So it's on 17.01. I'm trying the beta of 17.1 with some more features. That's just me. I wouldn't suggest people use the beta until they're a little bit more advanced. But not the people, but the betas themselves. But iOS 17 brings a couple of really cool things. It's got a great standby function. So if you plug your phone in, turn it on its side at night, you can have the coolest nighttime clock, which is activity. So as you put your hand near it, it lights up. You take your hand away, it shuts down. You can adjust that in the latest versions of iOS 17. It also has contact posters. So when I contact phones, their image, you can create an avatar, or the image can pop up full screen. So it's, it's quite fun. There's a new name drop feature, in other words, where you can just put your phone near someone else's iPhone running iOS 17 and share contacts. There's a cool feature of live voicemail, where it can transcribe voicemail while it's being left, and you can actually accept the call. Something like the good old days with your—you um you could do that with your your voicemail recorder or your yeah your recorder at home on the old landline. And it, it's pretty fast, it's pretty slick, and it works really well. The autocorrect has improved like mad on the keyboard. I mean, that's because for security reasons, Apple has now moved the autocorrect. It doesn't—it's not online. It, it happens on the phone itself, and they've really improved it. Apple Maps has improved, stickers have improved. And one of the biggest changes before we wrap up this show is you don't have to say, now I'm going to have big trouble. You don't have to say, hey Siri, anymore. You can just say Siri. So now all my phones are talking to me and my iPad and my watch and everything on my desk is trying to talk to me. But it's actually, it's a small thing, but it's a big thing. Because what happens is Siri now recognizes your voice and interacts with you much more significantly and in in a much more fluid way. On that note, I've just been told it's time to wrap it up for the day. Is there something else I can help with? And as Siri says, is there something else I can help with? Not today, Siri, but till next time, this is Stephen Ambrose on High FM for Tech Talk.